Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way back for another episode of our Press Box series. I'm very happy to be joined by Kaya Karnak. How are you doing, mate? You good? You well? I'm good, yeah. Feeling well rested. Just got back from a holiday. Uh, back for mm. one, one day only before I go on another holiday, but um, still yeah, feeling, yeah, living the life. But I'm feeling, feeling very well rested. Very happy to be back talking Arsenal because I've, I've missed it over the past couple of weeks and uh, a lot has happened in that time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a crazy start to the window, which is obviously a good thing from an Arsenal perspective always. That's what obviously we want, uh, is, is for Arsenal to be as busy as possible. So that's good. Um, but it obviously does mean that when you go away, you miss a ton and then you've got to catch up on it all and try and get back into the swing of things. So uh, in today's kind of mid-holiday break for you, uh, we've obviously <laughs> got quite a few chats to go through. We'll kick off with this news breaking regarding Gabriel Jesus. Spotted, uh, leaked videos and images. Oh, the club's not going to like that, of those images coming out. Um, Gabriel Jesus being shown around the Emirates wearing his full Arsenal kit with his name and number on the back, which has been revealed to, of course, as we expected, to be the number nine. Uh, we knew this was happening. Um, this obviously all played out while you were away, mainly last week, um, but it's been confirmed. An announcement should be in the next probably 48 hours, I would reckon. Um, how are you feeling around, firstly, him being given the number nine, and secondly, what kind of job you think he can do for Arsenal? Yeah, the number nine makes perfect sense to me. I think he's going to play centre-forward for Arsenal a lot of the time. I think that's sort of kind of the plan. I think he's very keen to get in the Brazil squad for the World Cup. <clears throat> and I don't think that's something... <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think that's something you can ever really discount when you talk about Brazilian players mm. making... <clears throat> Sorry, it's a terrible time. It's all right, mate. Right? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I'll go again. Number nine is something very important to consider, especially when you are a Brazilian international, because... Uh, they're very keen to get into the Brazil squad for the World Cup. And when you look at the wing positions, Brazil are stacked. They've got Rafinha, who we may come on to later. They've got mm. Vinicius Jr. They've got, obviously, Gabriel Martinelli. They've got plenty of other players whose names aren't coming to meet. Rodrigo at Real Madrid. Uh, so many others. And they are more likely to have space in the squad for a number nine. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has obviously played most of his football recently for Manchester City on the right wing. Uh, but he is very keen, I think, to try and reestablish himself as a number nine. When he was playing as a number nine for Brazil, uh, he was keeping Roberto Firmino out of the team. And if you think about mm. the role Lacazette was doing in terms of dropping that little bit deeper and then linking the play and then getting forward, although Lacazette didn't have that mobility, Jesus does have that mobility, and I think he could do the role a lot better. So I expect him to play centrally a lot for Arsenal, but at the same time, uh, we could see him on the wings. Eddie Nketiah is a great option down the middle. And I think Mikel Arteta wants a very fluid attack. He's always been very clear about that. And if you look at Manchester City as a sort of template, I think that's that's uh, very evident in Arsenal's transfer business right now. So, yeah, I think uh, he'll be a, a good number nine and, uh, yeah, a very good addition to this Arsenal team. Yeah, can't disagree. Uh, I think it's a, a very astute piece of business. I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the team. His pressing is mad and we know that Arteta loves that kind of energy uh, from his players, where he fits in, how he intertwines with the likes of Saka and Smithrow and Martinelli and Fabio Vieira and Odegaard, of course, is going to be an interesting one as well. Now, there are some players, of course, with uncertain futures at Arsenal, some players that maybe we didn't expect might be being linked with moves away, especially after joining the club so soon. One of those, of course, is Nuno Tavares uh, has been linked with Atalanta, who have been keen. There was funny reports. out of I say funny because... They reported a 40 million euro asking price, which I found rather amusing. Um, but Arsenal have got to improve their sales reputation and, and perhaps putting a slapping a big price tag on someone they signed just 12 months ago is the right way forward. But what do you kind of view on the situation with Tavares and, and whether you feel he may leave the club this summer? Yeah, I think with those rumours of the 40 million price tag, I've no idea whether they're 
they're correct. I'd assume they're somewhat wider. The market seems a bit excessive uh, for yeah, a guy who's uh, <laughs> yeah, he's not. I don't. I, it's not got that many um, professional games under his belt yet. But I think it's seeing, sort of seeing all the upsides to uh, the Nuno Tavares deal in the sense that Arsenal signed a young player, lots of potential, lots of obvious talent, who has a five-year contract. So Arsenal have all the power when it comes to if they want to sell him, if they want to loan him, they can do whatever they want with him, as opposed to previous contract situations that we've seen in the past where Arsenal have sort of played themselves a bit and left themselves uh, in a bit of a sticky situation. Arsenal have full control over what they want to do with the Nuno Tavares decision. However, um, my understanding is that Nuno Tavares hasn't been told that he's sort of on his way anywhere at the minute. Uh, I think he's mm. expecting to come back. Well, he is expecting to come back on July the 11th uh, to the Emirates, uh, to London Colney, sorry, for pre-season training. So make of that what you will when it comes to the Lissandro Martinez rumours. Arsenal are obviously keen to get as much business as possible done before they head out to the USA. They move out to the, they move, they head out to the USA on as much, you know, that's a, maybe a slip of some sorts, given Arsenal's American owners. But uh, they head out to mm. the USA on July 13th. So that's one to keep an eye on. I think they're very keen to get business done before that. Lissandro Martinez is obviously a player they're pushing for. Manchester United also interested in him, and they've got that link with Eric Ten Hag, and Manchester United are very sort of financially uh, powerful. So that'd be an interesting yes. battle. Arsenal are keen to get that one done. But um, Nuno Tavares hasn't been told he's going anywhere at the minute. So... Make of that what you will when it comes to the Sandra Martinez rumours. Um, I think it's interesting. I think Nuno's a, a player who could have a lot to offer Arsenal in the future, but tactically, and I think uh, you guys have written pieces on this whilst I've been away, uh, Sandra Martinez offers something different from Kieran Tierney in the sense that yeah. Kieran Tierney's the traditional sort of forward overlapping fullback, whereas Lissandra Martinez is more of a, a left-sided Tommy Asu type player. So I think in terms of squad options, it would make sense to see him in the squad. Then you see what happens to Nuno Tavares after that. I know there has been some interest in him and other clubs are keeping tabs on him across Europe. Mm. But um, for now, we're seeing what happens on that front. But definitely, definitely an interesting signing. And I, I know, Tom, you're a big fan of Sandra Martinez. I am as well. And I think if Arsenal mm. can get that deal over the line, it would be a fantastic piece of business. Yeah, absolutely. I think he would be a really, really good addition to the squad competition, not just coverage. I think the key thing for Arsenal this summer is always removing the word backup from the equation and using the word competitor for positions more so. Yeah. That's what we, so we don't see that drop in quality. Uh, CJ UK says, uh, I say loan him out, being Tavares, because I think more playing time under his belt, he'll be a good player for the future. And he asks the question as well. Do you think that it's true that United have contacted Ajax to say not to do business with Arsenal? Have United got that kind of power? From yeah. my perspective, you know, obviously Ajax are in a strong position. They know they can play the two clubs off against one another. They know that both teams have got money to spend this window and both really want Martinez. So this feels like one that's going to, I was going to say drag. I do feel like it will be resolved in the coming weeks, but it will be decided between obviously these two teams for quite a high figure, we can imagine. Yeah, um, Ajax don't want to sell Lissandro Martinez. I don't think that was something they were pl they were hoping to do this summer. They'd obviously like to keep him because he's a good player. Mm. But this is their business model. They they sign young players or they develop young players to their academy and then they sell them on for much bigger fees. This is what they do. So I think if Arsenal or Manchester United come in and match a fee that they view is right in their minds to take that player, then they will let him go. They've shown they'll do that in the past. If you look at players like Frankie de Jong, Matthias de Ligt, uh, plenty of others, Sebastian Haller this summer. Mm. So there's, there's plenty of players who we could see uh, Levi X, I think Lissandra Martinez will, 
would likely be one of them with this much interest from, from two clubs. It'll be interesting to see sort of the battle between the two and to see who comes out on top because they're, they're two clubs uh, both sort of looking to, to build a project at different stages of their projects. Now it's up to Arsenal to try and sell the project as much as possible. But no, it answers that question that Man United did not have any say on Ajax's uh, business like that. As much as there is that Ten Hag link, I think Ajax are a very independent club. They're a very smart club in the way they operate. And I don't think they'd need to uh, sort of be behest beholden to uh, yeah. Manchester United's um, wishes in the transfer market. Absolutely. If Arsenal stump up the money that they want, I'm sure they would agree to the deal. It's just now about Arsenal getting to that figure, whether they are willing to to push up their price to, to try and secure that deal to get it done. Um, Arsenal are negotiating across a number of targets to try and allow them to maximise their budget across as many targets as possible. You, you see, obviously, and we get a lot of comments in our morning shows talking about you know frustration that Arsenal are haggling over prices. But if we want Arsenal to sign the maximum we can this summer... They are working within the confines of a budget. And so if you can get players for less than, you know, perhaps the clubs are asking for, it gives you more flexibility to move for your other targets. If you overspend on one, it could compromise your ability to get another. So that's why Arsenal tend to do it this way. Um, yeah, and I think, yeah, there's, there's no way that United would have the power to say, no, this just not going to happen. Um the other central midfield option, of course, has gone quite quiet since we last spoke, and that was Yuri Tielemans. It looked for quite some time that he would be one of the early additions to the squad. He was a priority, could still be a priority for Arsenal, but, you know, it's called in that position, that progressive central midfield role. Where do you kind of see Arsenal's interest of Tielemans progressing, if at all, this summer? Yeah, I think for me, uh, Yuri Tielemans is obviously a fantastic player who would offer a lot to the Arsenal squad, something they don't necessarily have right now. In terms of that sort of slightly deeper but progressive player, he's a different type of player to Granit Xhaka in the sense that he's, uh, I want to say he gets the ball forward very quickly, whereas Xhaka maybe needs a touch or two every now and again. Um, so it'd be interesting, although I've, I've, I've built him up and now I'm going to say for me, Tielemans is sort of an icing on the cake kind of player. Arsenal have, have already signed Fabio Vieira this summer. He can play that sort of number eight position, which Tielemans you would assume would, would come into play. So with Granit Xhaka, with Albert Sambi Lokonga, who I, I really rate as number eight. I know Arsenal have sort of planned to use him as a six, but they used him as an eight towards the end of um, last season in that Everton game. And then Mohamed Elneny was signed on. Uh, he will be back up to Thomas Partey in the number six position. So Arsenal have options in that midfield now that Fabio Vieira has joined the club. So it'd be interesting to see what happens with Tielemans. Obviously, he has one year left on his deal. Arsenal uh, reports seem to suggest that the only team strongly in for him so I think Arsenal are willing to sort of take their time focus on other targets and then focus on what they really need to get done this this transfer window having signed Fabio Vieira I would say um, for me at least Yuri Tiedemann isn't 100% that not that I don't think he's a good player not that I don't think it would be a fantastic addition to the Arsenal squad mm. I just think that Arsenal um, sort of don't quite need to prioritise that central midfielder in the same way as they did at the start of the summer just for me Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I kind of put the centre midfield above the wide forward position. I'd like to see Arsenal go into the next season with an upgrade. You know, if Arsenal go into next season with Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard as the midfield three, it's a good midfield three, but it isn't any better than, you know, the midfield of last season because it's the same three. So there's an argument that Arsenal should look to try and upgrade. For me, like £65 million being talked about for Rafinha, I'd rather Arsenal put £65 million on a left-sided central midfielder that's of world-class quality and could transform that midfield rather than going for someone like a Rafinha who 
if we're honest and we're saying who's going to start between him and Saka against Crystal Palace, it's it's Saka on the right-hand side. So it's £65 million for someone, you know, I know that Saka could be moved to a different side, but if they, if you're talking about right-wingers, Saka for me is, is still clear of Rafinha right now. So that that's, for me, the priority would be a world-class central midfielder if we could go and get one. Um, let's tackle some questions from the chat box as well. They've been coming in throughout the show. Um, we're going to be sticking around for a little bit longer uh, to take some of your questions. Uh, Olu says, hey guys, will you be happy if Arsenal go in for Tielemans and Vieira? Uh, becomes the right wide option. Of course, Vieira has played in that wider role as well, and he could be seen as someone, if we do go for a midfielder, that is optioned in that right-hand side position. Yeah, possibly. Um, I think I think that's an, that's an interesting alternative avenue that Arsenal could explore, but uh, I think maybe we can try, for me at least, well, I've heard Mikel Arteta, the way he views his squad, I don't think he views them as sort of, this guy plays here, that's the only mm. position he plays. So I don't think it'll be a case of, Tielemans is the central midfielder. That means Vieira is the right winger and he'll never play central midfield or left wing or false nine even, which is where he's played close to at Porto. One of the reasons Vieira was signed was his versatility. So he can play anywhere across the, any of those midfield positions. I, I really see what uh, Olu is trying to say here. And I, I think I think it's a smart point, but I, I don't think it's uh, necessarily a case of one guy for one position. I think Mikel Arteta really values versatility. And we've seen that pretty much every signing he's made. So uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily be looking at just one guy for each position. Let's go to Craig, who says, do you think if we sign Martinez, we may look to play a back three and they may give Nuno a chance as a wing back? I mean, with Martinez coming in, he does suit the style of a left-sided kind of defender in a back three, mobility, and of course, Wyatt, Gabriel, Saliba have all played in back threes during their careers as well. So is it a possibility or something you think Arteta could look to do against some of the bigger sides, maybe away from home in the Premier League? Possible, although I think what Mikel Arteta has been very keen to instill in this Arsenal side is a lack of an inferiority complex. You saw the way Arsenal went and played against uh, Liverpool, against Manchester City in the second half of the season once they switched mm. to being a 4-3-3 side. They played their football. So I think for them to change that now and to change the way they do things would be a little bit counterintuitive. I just don't think it it makes sense. I'm not saying they'd never switch to a back three and I'm sure Mikel Arteta would would like to have that in the back locker as an, as an option to go for Martinez. But uh, one thing about that question is we're forgetting about a certain guy called Kieran Tierney, who is one of the contenders to be captain at Arsenal next season. So mm. um, even if they go to a back three, I'm not sure that would necessarily give a chance for Nuno to to be starting. And, and for me, that just, just doesn't make any sense for this Arsenal squad, the current makeup. I think it made sense before when Arsenal had lots of defenders and not as many creative players and attackers. Now they have loads of creative players, really exciting young attackers and Gabriel Jesus to add to the striking options as well. I just don't think it makes sense for Arsenal to play a back three in the same way as it did before. In my mind, they're a 4-3-3 side, and I'm really excited to see how they do that next season because I think they could they could maybe surprise a few of the bigger teams with the, the way they play. Yeah, I mean, they, they gave them a few shocks last season. Uh, Liverpool and, and City, by my reckoning, are the only two of the big six that managed to get the double over Arsenal last season. We beat Chelsea, we beat Spurs, we beat United. So they are the only two of the big six that did get the double over Arsenal last year, which is a nice change, you know, because Arsenal tended to struggle against these big teams. So that is something that's changing. And clearly Arteta's working towards making that a more consistent thing. Man United are the first, I think, big six side we play next season uh old trafford i think on the first of october if my memory serves me correctly so that will be a big big game um 
with with some very winnable fixtures before that, you would think. So we could go into that game off the back of some really good results and hopefully the tactics that we've built up in that time will suit us. Um, Dom says, what are your thoughts? Now, he says Asenho was, was the former VRL goalkeeper, but I think there's a slight typo there because the J is very next to the I on the keyboard. So Asensio is, I think, who he's talking about. And there have been links with Asensio. What do you make of Asensio as Pinchelot? Because I'm, I'm aware that Arteta has admired him for quite some time, but it's just a question mark over both his fitness and whether he would fit into the Arsenal team. Yeah. Um, to me, Marcos Asensio is a very similar player to Fabio Vieira in the sense that um, mm. they play multiple positions. They can play midfield, they can play out wide, they can even play out front. So for Arsenal to go out and buy um, two players with such a similar profile in the same transfer window, to me, doesn't make much sense. I, I yeah. think you'd assume he'd be on relatively high wages as well. And Arsenal have been very clear with the way they've done their wage structure that they don't want to break that too much. They want to be very, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know. They've, they've, they've been very clear with how they want to do their, their wage structure. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'd be surprised if Marcus Asensio came. I've, I've not really seen those links uh, or heard too much about those links. Um, so I'm going to say probably not. But I think, yeah, he's a good player. Um, the fitness, like you say, is, is a big issue for him. And uh, Arsenal have had their, their fair, fair share of uh, players with key players with injury problems. So I, I don't think they want to sign another one this summer. I suppose it's a question because you've been away that you've not had a chance to answer, but it's one that we've been pestered. I say pestered. It feels like pestering at a point because it just keeps coming back, even though the likelihood is so incredibly small. And that's from Abdullahi who says, can we please bring back Ganabri? It's about that time. Kaya. Just echo my thoughts that there is next to no chance of this happening. This yeah, I'm afraid so, Abdullah. I, 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 listen, we'd all love Serge Nabry to come back uh, to Arsenal and be, he'd be a fantastic addition to the squad. But I think the wages he's after, again, on that point, way out of Arsenal's uh, league right now. So unless he'd be willing to take some sort of cut on his demands, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, fantastic player. I don't think Arsenal will sign him this summer. Also, an interesting point, uh, if you look at those Rafinha links, Pardon me, assuming Rafinha was going to come in and play on the right-hand side. Mikel Arteta was a fan of sort of that inverted right-winger. Saka coming on the left, uh, Rafinha coming on the left, Nabri right-footed. So, something to consider. Um, I don't think he'll be coming back to the Emirates, I'm afraid, as much as we all love to see it. uh, Of course. Yeah, I I do agree. Uh, I just think it's impossible at this stage. that the, I think he would break the wage structure that they're also building. You know, the 300 grand a week is is the reported plus figure that he's after. Yeah. And stepping down to, to Europa League just doesn't seem like that marries with a £300,000 plus per week kind of signing. So, yeah, maybe if Arsenal would qualify for the Champions League, we'd be having a different conversation. But at the moment, I just don't see that being as part of Arsenal's realistic plans for the near future. Um, we'll take one more before we wrap up to hit that 20-minute mark. Uh, let's go to Tom Matthews, because he's got a great name, uh, who says, what would you make of using the Rafinha money to go and try and hijack the Frankie de Jong? Because Frankie de Jong does not seem too keen on going to United, <laughs> does he? So why not go for that? So I'm a bit confused by the question. So he wants to... Rafinha... So the money that I think we were willing to spend on Rafinha to go yeah. and put that for De Jong, even though De Jong's price is, I think, quite Or is it a case higher. of Man United pay Rafinha... Sorry, Man United pay Barcelona for De Jong and then Barcelona buy Rafinha? No, I, th- I think or? that Tom's just saying we redirect the money that we Gosh, were going to spend okay. on Rafinha okay. towards De Jong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, listen, Frankie De Jong, fantastic player. Uh, mm. 
in the Arsenal midfield. Lovely addition. Uh, sadly, I don't think it will happen. Also, Arsenal have a fantastic six. Um, Thomas Partey, in my opinion, the best number six in the league when he's on form, when he's fully fit. So I don't think Arsenal need to sign Frankie De Jong, which is something that may get taken out wow. of context. Or people might sort of say my talent ID is through the floor. <laughs> or my football IQ is very poor, but... For me, um, well, he played left eight, maybe that could that could be very, very interesting, but yeah, um, like some of the comments are saying, I don't think Frankie Dion wants to leave uh Manchester United. And, no, he doesn't. Um, a big part of this project Mikel Arteta has been building is that he's always said that whenever he's had a conversation with a player, that player has wanted to come to Arsenal. And if Frankie Dion doesn't want to leave Barcelona, I don't think Mikel Arteta would be that well, I don't know if Mikel Arteta would be that keen on having uh him at the Emirates. That's not to say that he's not a fantastic player because he obviously is. Mm, absolutely. Um, yeah, I just I just don't see Arsenal going in for De Jong, a, a player at that price. I don't think Arsenal are looking to spend that kind of money on a player this summer. They've got a lot of positions they need to tackle and they've got a budget that they need to stick to. So I think the days of spending £72 million on a player are probably at this point still a way off. Um, so yeah, I just don't see that. I think that's probably why we've backed out of the Rafinha side of things because his price tag's gone beyond what they've been willing to spend on the player. Um Kaya, thank you so much for your time. We'll finish off the show with this very kind comment from Abdullahi, who says, thumbs up to Tom and Kainak. Oh, I love that your, your surname's now becoming a thing. Um, and Football London, you guys give us solace during this bad Arsenal spell in all ramifications. Uh, I love I love the positive spin on that, but I'm glad that you've enjoyed the content, both on the Arsenal and, of course, our written work over at football.london. But Kaya, thank you. Much appreciate your time, as always. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. No worries. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Yeah, I'm, of course, on Twitter at KayaKarnak97, Facebook, KayaKarnak Journalist. Feel free to give me a follow on uh, Instagram as well. I'm trying to trying to build up a bit of a following on there if I can. And, uh, yeah, what's coming up? So, Brick Norton Cuffey is in the uh, under-19 Euro final tomorrow. Arsenal's Brick Norton Cuffey is in the under-19 Euro final tomorrow for England. Very exciting. So, I've got a piece profiling him, his time at Lincoln, all that kind of stuff. Uh coming out for tomorrow morning we've also got q a going on right now so if you've got your questions that didn't get answered in this stream send them over there put them in the comment section and we'll, we'll try and get to them as quickly as possible for you uh and yeah plenty more other stuff uh you know where it is on the football.london website so keep it on there for all the good stuff yeah absolutely uh you can head over to uh the football.london website get involved with that q a i think you tweeted out the link to that as well of course so make sure you go and follow at kaya Karnak 97 and you'll be able to see that uh, you can follow myself at tom Cantor media and at the arsenal way n5 and of course football london on twitter as well we will see you tomorrow morning bright and early as well again for the 10 a.m arsenal agenda show bailey will return uh, so we can hear some of his silly views on Arsenal. Um, but it's uh, been a pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. Uh, and as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.